You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. The White Sox got a win on Sunday, an improbable come-from-behind victory. Everybody's excited. People are hugging. There will probably be more babies on the south side in nine months than what normally would have occurred. That's how exciting it was to get your first win in nearly two weeks, my friend. Oh, actually, I figured the babies were coming because what else did you have to do? (laughs) One like the TV was captivating you for any particular reason, you know. The, the improbable win, yeah, and, and it might be the start of something great, says Andrew Vaughn, and yeah, no, it's not. It's not the start of something great. Look, it's it's good to get a win. It's awesome to have those improbable comeback wins. They happen during the course of the season. It was a lot of fun. I think it would have been more fun had the park been full, had it not been lousy weather out, and had the team not been on the heels of a 10-game losing streak. But, hey, a win's a win, and, you know, that's, that's I think, going forward, one of the things that you can watch for with the White Sox is they still play baseball. Baseball's still an unpredictable game. There's still going to be some fun games here and there, even if we're not looking forward to something spectacular at the end of the year. Let me ask you a question. If the White Sox played 10 games over 500 for the rest of the year, would you take any pressure off the front office being fired or Chris Getz being removed because your minor league system is a mess? Because there's no way you'd make the playoffs just going 10 games over right now. Well, they're more than 10 games under right now, so no, you'd finish under 500. I think everybody gets fired anyway. Yeah, but you know that that's what they're going to do. They're going to sit there and say, well, ever since they turned it around, we figured it out. Give us another chance in 2024. Like, you know that's the message that will come. The message won't get told to you in person at SoxFest because they're going to cancel that again. There'll never be a oh, SoxFest. percent <laughs> There's never going to be another SoxFest until these, a new ownership comes yeah, in. These chickens are never getting in front of a crowd. They, they've got themselves so insulated, they believe that there's fans that believe in them. Okay, that's that's how bad this front and, office and is. And if there is a SoxFest, we will hand out socks in the basement approved rotten vegetables, courtesy of some farm <laughs> that we find. And... You know, we'll, we'll help. We'll help with the whole overall process. Here, here's the thing. Uh, the playoff chances uh, released on Monday, the off day by Fangrass for all of Major League Baseball, where like the Atlanta Braves have a 97% chance of making the postseason. The Tampa Bay Rays have a 95% chance of making the postseason. The Pittsburgh Pirates are killing it right now. They're only getting 32% because they're the Pirates and they're just coming out of a rebuild and there's plenty of holes there. And anybody with reason would sit there and say, Eh, they're winning, but probably not. The White Sox down at the bottom. 4% chance of making the postseason, according to fan graphs. The only teams below them, Detroit and Cincinnati, have a 1% chance, and everybody else is hovering right around zero with Kansas City, Washington, Oakland, and Colorado. That's the current situation right now, White Sox fans. And I'm happy about the win, and I'm watching certain players, but I'm also still calling for, as I have at the beginning of every show, Fire Kenny Williams, fire Rick Hahn, sell the team Jerry, fire Jake Diekman into the sun, and you have sent a ton of different ideas in as to what you would do 
if you became the head of everything going on in that ballpark, still working for Jerry Reinsdorf, but if he handed you the keys today, some of the responses that we got at SoxInTheBasement.com are incredible. We're going to go through them today. This episode brought to you by our friends over at Cork and Carry at the Park, the official home of the podcast for fans by fans. Socks in the Basement with an award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites, a complete bar with your wines and your spirits, and so many craft beers. Uh, on tap there. It is such fun to go out there, whether they're winning or losing, indoors or outdoors. The weather is going to warm up, and it's going to be a great time at 33rd in Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. Get on out there all summer long. They can't take away the fandom aspect of things, Ed. I mean, the people that stuck around and watched that, that's a memory in a bad season, and that, I think, is what it's like to be a fan of a team like the White Sox. And deep down in the end, I think most of us, most of us have had more bad seasons than good. And so we understand what it's like to be a fan of a team that probably doesn't have any expectations going forward. But there's things that we're going to try to find on the show and there's things we're going to do as fans. And one of those things is hanging out at Cork and Carry at the park all summer long. Learn more at CorkandCarry.com. Did you see Bryce Harper after 159 days since his Tommy John surgery in the lineup for the Phillies. We didn't need to look at that guy at all. Didn't he say in an interview he was looking at the White Sox? We didn't even look at him, okay? We could have used a gamer like that, a guy who actually gets injured seriously and rushes back to get on the field without whining. That'd be amazing. Well, and also, you know, plays DH willingly when he's injured because he knows it's better for his team and leads them to the World Series. You know, let's revisiting Rick Hahn's past sins, because that's what they are at this point. <laughs> you know, the offseason where Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are the two biggest free agents, and the White Sox go absolutely head over heels all in on Manny Machado, even though the line from the front office down to the field to the fans to everybody was, you know what this team could really use in the lineup is a left-handed hitting, power-hitting outfielder. And Bryce Harper, a left-handed hitting, power-hitting outfielder, was looking at the White Sox going, but everybody says you need this and you're going for that and that's cool, but you didn't get that and you never even called this. So yeah, you know, we, we don't need guys like that though. No, absolutely not. There's no, there's no need for it. I mean, after all, we're lumped in with such luminary franchises as the Oakland A's, Kansas City Royals, Detroit Tigers, Colorado Rockies, Washington Nationals, you know, all these teams that started the season with no chance at the playoffs, and here's the White Sox. You know, I guess one of these things is not like the other is good too, right? We were we were predicted as a team to not be this bad, but hey, we got out of the gate hot in the wrong way. Before I get into what people were putting down at uh, SoxInTheBasement.com, and that, that's still up there, by the way, the survey is to what you would do if Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams were fired, Jerry Reinsdorf in some sort of weird state saw you standing there and handed you the keys to the kingdom. You had a conversation with him and convinced him. You know, his handlers weren't around. He had an he honest conversation with you. And then you look at him and say, I can run this team, Jerry. And he goes, oh, all right, I don't care. And he just says, you're in charge. And Kenny and Rick are out the door. What would you do? And we're going to get into what uh, a lot of people sent there. There's a lot of consensus on a lot of different things. And then there's some interesting ideas that I want to share. And I came up with a, I came up with what I would do. I actually sat down and thought about this this weekend. And mine is probably just the most scorched earth thing you've ever seen, but we'll have fun with that. Uh, but before you we get into really that. really scorching earth now. Oh yeah, I love scorching the earth. Uh, what uh, what did you think about the Luis Robert thing? 
Because Luis Robert Jr., you know, doesn't run out of ball, says he's injured. Pedro Grafal is like, first time I've heard that. And and it was such a weird thing. He didn't even remember his bench coach's name, Charlie Montoyo, in the interview afterwards. The whole thing was confusing. The next night, or the next day, on Sunday, Pedro says, sit down, young man. Now, he did treat him like he was injured because after uh, his one pinch hit at bat, a, a runner was brought in for him. Uh, there's some sort of injury there, or at least that's how it's being treated. But Adam Hazley gets an opportunity. And that kid goes four for five, has a big hit that ties the game. He's hitting over 500 in the short amount of time he's been here. He did well in spring training. He was tearing it up in the minor leagues. He seems to have figured it out. And remember, he was a high draft pick with his original club. So it's not like the pedigree isn't there. And I believe that kid should be in the outfield until proven otherwise. Because if you're playing well and you're playing hard and you're not dealing with injuries all the time, I want you out there. And we couldn't find anybody when T.A. went down to sit there in that leadoff spot to do anything. But Adam Hazley did it on, on Sunday. And that was impressive to me. Yeah, see what this guy has. And from going forward from here on out, I don't want to hear about the young core from this rebuild because... They haven't accomplished anything. They haven't earned the right to say that they are the stars of this team. They might be the most physically talented, but you haven't earned the right to be the star. You have not earned the right to accept your own hype. You haven't earned the right to sit there and say, look how tough I am because I'm playing through an injury and hurting my team. And I don't have to tell my manager anything because I'm that guy, right? I I just get to do what I want. No, 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 no. If you're going to sit because Adam Hazley is the hot hand and he's going to show that he is worth his draft choice and, and he's just one of those late bloomers, Great, because you know what? He might come in handy in the future for this team. If you are going to end up sitting because, frankly, you're hitting under 200, I'm sorry, then you're going to end up sitting because, frankly, you're hitting under 200 and somebody else is going to get a chance. I don't care what your contract status is. I don't care what it costs the White Sox to get you during the rebuild. If you are dealing with a long-term injury and you need a little bit of assistance, everything from stair lifts to ramps to grab bars, lift chairs, bathroom remodeling is all available at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. Uh, keep mom and dad, grandma and grandpa out of assisted living as they get older. Make it so they can get around on their own and live independently. Switch to a new age of life. They're going to work with your insurance. If you mention Socks in the Basement, you get an additional discount, and they have 0% financing for qualified individuals. Those using CPAP machines, if you're unhappy with your vendor, switch now with Hyatt and get supplies directly mailed to you. And their showroom has testing rooms. They're going to go through the latest technology and tell you what you can get. What you're using now may be loud and annoying. There are much better things out there. The technology is always evolving. They also have the latest in continuous glucose monitoring. Monitors, learn all about what they can do at hhme.com or stop in and see them in person, 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Uh, Ed, I look at this team and I, I watch these players out there and there are certain players that I see not giving up. Yasmani Grandal doesn't seem to want to give up. No matter if your team is up or down, he's having good at bats, he's working the count. Andrew Vaughn doesn't give up. This Hazley kid didn't give up. Jake Berger has been killing the ball. He's my third baseman. I'm not even I'm not even waiting for Moncada to get back. He's going to be out for a while. Uh, you know, Gavin Sheets hitting really well. Have him in the lineup every time there's a right-handed pitcher while he's hitting. Let him go. All right. You got to find a way to get the guys in that are having good at bats and producing for you. Just because you're a name that was part of this this core, as you said, 
doesn't mean you deserve to play every day if you're not earning it at this point. There's there's nothing you've accomplished over the years you've been here that says you deserve to be in the lineup each and every day. And that's the one thing that Pedro can have an effect on right now, unless his front office is overriding him. That's what I would expect him to start doing more and more. And, and if for some reason on Tuesday, you don't see this kid Hazley in the lineup, and you, you see them marching out another player out there who has not been putting in good at-bats, then you're going to be even more frustrated. Those are the things I'm looking for. Where is the hope? And we've got to find some hope, so why don't we talk to the Sox nerd right now? On the phone line with us right now, as you can hear from the music behind me, our resident nerd, the Sox nerd. Sox nerd, how are you? Well, better today, Chris, that's for sure. Well, you got a win, so that's good. And then you got a day off, so you got to relish the win. You need that. That's right. I get to soak it all in, which is great. Soak it in. You never know when it's going to happen again. Well, (laughs) let's let's hope it's sooner rather than later. What do you got for me this week? So prior to Sunday's win, Chris, I was going to ask if you could assemble a best of the Sox nerd segment this week in wake of the skid. But then the walk-off happened, and I was inspired. Let's talk about the last two Sox wins, and we won't mention that they were 12 days apart. Oops, I just did. Both wins fortified two things I love about baseball. Number one, no matter the circumstances, there's a good chance at any game you may see something you've never seen before or will ever see again that Sunday. Number two, no player, no matter how obscure, holds some sort of record or distinction. That's April 18th, and more on that in a second. I put forth, and I blogged about this, that Sunday may have been the most improbable win in the 123-year history of the Chicago American League Ball Club. After all, the Sox were in the throes of a grueling 10-game losing streak, playing the best team in baseball, and ran out a lineup that had Adam Hazley leading off and four batters hitting under 208. When Rami Gonzalez flew out to start the ninth, ESPN had the Rays' win probability at 99.3%. Later in the frame, the Sox were down to their last strike four times before Andrew Vaughn launched the bomb that blew up that frustratingly brutal losing streak and handed the franchise victory number 9,500. By the way, that was the Sox 222nd walk-off win in their current home with Vaughn clubbing the Sox 67th walk-off homer in the facility. The Sox' first game-ending homer in that place was hit by Sammy Sosa on May 7, 1991, against the American League Milwaukee Brewers. Amazingly, Vaughn's walk-off homer was the Sox' first since July 19, 2021. The Sox went the entire 2022 campaign without a sudden victory homer. Oh, and prior to Vaughn, Chris, the last Sox walk-off homer was hit by Larry Garcia. As for that other victory, April 18 versus the Phillies, it was the 11th combined one-hitter in White Sox history, and all have come since May 25, 1979, when Ross Baumgarten and Randy Scarberry took care of Nolan Ryan and the Angels at the Old Park. Now for the records and distinctions. First, the not-so-good. Only one reliever has given up the only hit in a Sox combined one-hitter, and that's Aaron Bummer. The lefty gave up the knock on April 18th and on August 25, 2019 in Texas. Now the unique. In that April 18th win over the Phillies, Seve Zavala became the Sox all-time leader with three caught combined one-hitters. 
he broke a tie at two with the great A.J. Pruszynski. So in addition to being the only number nine hitter in Sox history with a three-homer game, Sebi Zavala can add that to his resume. So there it is, Chris. Plenty of nuggets from the last two Sox wins. As for my zinger, Chris, you are the boss, so I will give you the choice. Do you want one on doubles or triples? Well, I don't feel like we've had a lot of triples. Let's go triples. Well, it's funny you mention that. Triples. Ronnie Gonzalez's pinch triple on April 27th was the 61st in team history, and it saved the Sox from just their eighth tripleless April in team history. The last time the Sox did not have a triple in April was in 1995. Maybe, though, there should be an asterisk next to that triple because Rami's three-bagger came off a position player. Wow. <laughs> Listen, my friend, you're doing a heck of a job up there, and uh, for you to come up with positive things to put up on the scoreboard must be uh, more difficult these days than it's ever been. So, uh, you know, Godspeed and good luck. Well, thank you. It's a hunting, it's a hunting and peck adventure, and I will brag a little bit. When Adam Hazley was up in their ninth, in the ninth, I had his career stats on the board in the ninth inning, which were pretty good. And then when Vaughn was up with two outs, I had what he hit last year with two outs, and that was pretty good too. So maybe it's all coming together, Chris. Let's hope so. You get it on track. I'm counting on you. <laughs> Don't put that on me. Dave Marin sits up there and puts all those great tidbits up on the scoreboard at the rate, and then he joins us once a week here on Socks in the Basement, and he's brought to you by the law offices of Parente and Norm. When you've been injured, you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. Insurance companies only care about one thing, the bottom line. The law offices of Parente and Norm, their team has the experience, dedication, proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve for a free case evaluation. Call or text them today, 312-641-5926, or visit pninjurylaw.com. All right, let's take a look at this fire Rick and Kenny thing that we've got going on. You have fired- no, Rick and Kenny have been fired. Oh, yeah, well, that's right? what we're doing. We're saying that if, if Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams were fired today and Jerry Reinstorf gave you the keys to the kingdom, and you could get rid of anybody in the organization, anybody, right? Like anybody you want. I'm talking if you don't Except like the Jerry. ticket vendor- Everybody except for Jerry you can get rid of. There's a couple different rules that are inside of this thing. Like you can't DFA somebody with over $15 million still owed to them. Uh, you can only promote uh, two guys from AA, but no more than that. Nobody below AA, unlimited AAA players, no trades because it's early on. As the season goes on, we'll start letting you throw in trade proposals or people that you'd like to move on from. I think it's still a little early to start thinking about that right now. Yeah, sure. I mean, they, they, you could have the conversation today. Of do they trade Tim Anderson if he gets hot, has value with the extra year, year on his contract, if the right thing is there? But I don't want those guys making that move because they're idiots up there. I want the next front office making those moves. So what would people do? And I just want to read some of these results first from, from folks. Uh, and, and why don't I just start with when guys are coming back who are injured right now. The consensus among all the people that that – Build this out at SoxandBasement.com. And again, you can get yours in. We're going to go through these over the next couple of weeks. The consensus is that when Tim Anderson returns, likely on the 2nd of May, that you want to send Lenin Sosa down. The majority of people said that. Some say Romy. One guy threw in Elvis Andros, said just DFA him. I don't know what the point of him is. But those are, that's the name. When Hanser Alberto returns, it's pretty split up. Amongst Romy, those that didn't say Sosa say Sosa at that point. Some say Hanser as well. In fact, let's be honest. Reading what I have here in front of me, Ed, and you tell me what you think of this. White Sox fans who responded to this poll, they all pretty much say you've got four really bad players that all basically do the same thing badly. 
and they would like to see them gone as soon as humanly possible. And that's Romy, Sosa, Hanser Alberto, and Elvis Andrus. Those are the four that they're very quick to say, dump them, don't dump anybody else down to the minor leagues before you get rid of guys like that. What do you think of that? Well, I I think there's gray area there. I mean, I agree right now, Lenin Sosa is not playing well enough to justify being up here. He needs to go back down and he needs to, to build up more and sort out whatever it is that's holding him back up here. Elvis Andrews and Romy Gonzalez and Hanser Alberto, much closer in terms of what they are. But I think really Hanser and Romy are utility guys. Elvis Andrews was signed to be your starting second baseman. Lenin Sosa is a prospect who is not ready, may never be ready, let's face it, because he's just a prospect, is not ready to come up and not ready to be here and has shown that now. So, you know, you're, I, I think that the people that are saying you got to send Sosa down, well, that makes a lot of sense, and that's honestly probably what's going to happen, I would assume. The the folks that are in the DFA Elvis Andrews, yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that too. Send see, I would I would keep him around. I would say, look, defensively, he's probably the best option right now uh, at that position. And if, that, that would that'd be the last where the pl- last place I'd go is is getting rid of Andrews because you just don't have you don't have anybody else at second base, so you might as well keep somebody here to do it. I don't know what you're developing by letting the other guys play bad, and you know, I I like me, I would probably keep him out there for a while. I'd probably hang on to, to Elvis. I would say it's a toss up between Hanser Alberto and Romy Gonzalez, as and I probably keep Alberto first and give him an opportunity because you liked him in spring training. And then if he's bad for a couple of weeks after he gets back and you want to DFA him and bring up Romy again because he's doing well in the minors, you can do that. It's easier than doing it the other way where you DFA Hanser and Romy never improves. So I would send down Romy and I would send down Sosa because I would sit there and say, you guys have options. Go down and work it out. Let's see if that snaps them in the place somehow. And maybe later on down the line, you may see them come back up to the to the major league staff. So I probably would hold on to Andrus and Alberto. When it comes to pitchers, I asked the question about what happens when Liam Hendricks returns and when Garrett Crochet returns, and Crochet looks like he's coming in very, very soon. Jake Diekman, overwhelmingly, White Sox fans want gone. He is the... To the sun with you, Jake. Yeah, he's done. That Nobody wants to see him again. As we predicted, when they made the trade last year, we said, you're going to hate this guy. He's going to drive you nuts. And, and, and that's, what, that's what ended up happening. Joe Kelly's second on the list of the most requested to be dropped off this team and Aaron Bummer being optioned down. He has one more option is something that was suggested a lot as well. When these pitchers come back, because it's like, Hey, you know, you, you've had plenty of opportunity. You're driving us nuts and we can send you down as a wake up call and we don't have to let you go. So he was also thrown into the mix as well. Those are the guys that I would say that most white Sox fans in here are ready to remove out of the bullpen right now if they were the GM, if they were in charge of baseball operations when Hendricks and Crochet return. Well, and why not? I mean, Diekman does nothing. Joe Kelly has been a disappointment since he was signed. Uh, you know, anybody that gets signed that's already injured when you sign them, I, I that one I always kind of tossed my hands up in the air and just went, what? why, why, why? I couldn't even get the word <laughs> why out. It just, went, ah, it just made noises. But I, I think Kelly and Diekman are, for a lot of fans, probably indicative of everything that Rick Hahn has done wrong with this team because they are expensive and mediocre at their job based on the back of a baseball card for a guy that was probably aging out of it. And for Diekman, it was a case of 
we traded a failure in Zach Collins to get a failure in Reese McGuire that we didn't really want, so we traded him to get whatever bag of nothing we could get from whoever would take him. And we got stuck with this guy's salary. And it, you know, at least I will say Deekman might have been a bit of an experiment that didn't work for like 30 seconds. Maybe you experimented with it to see if there was something you could fix there. But honestly, he needs to go. Kelly probably needs to go. What you need to do with the bullpen is start finding guys in the minors, finding arms that you want to test out here to see if they're anything. All right, I want you to uh, to pour yourself a beer here for a second, my friend. I've got uh, a new one, uh, Russian Imperial Stout from Hailstorm Brewing. I was just there this past oh, weekend hey. out in Tinley Park. This is called Malt Slayer. It's a 10.2%er. It's glorious. I also had the oaks out there, the Imperial Brown Ale, that is 9%. And then I was just a lot of slurry afterwards, but it was glorious. It was happy. I, was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can see where... I can see the word this would do this to you. Yeah, that to you. If yeah, you, if exactly. you, I'm already look. It's already hitting me. Yeah, really. One sip. Really good stuff over at Hailstorm oh Brewing gosh. Company right now. We're gonna have to do some sort of outing there uh, during the summer for Sox fans. We got to make this as fun as possible this season. Uh, they're located in Tinley Park at 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue, with an incredible lineup of beers. They have a mouth-watering scratch kitchen. Really good stuff there. One of the things that I like there is they have like a whole array of dips. Like, you ever watch Only Murders in the Building? And uh, yeah. and yeah, and and the the, the one guy, the Martin Short, Martin Short's loves, yeah. loves dips, right? Well, if you love dips, they have like multiple chips and pitas and everything else, and then multiple dips that they bring out. Some are spicy, some it's incredible, and it's a it's a really neat appetizer they bring out. It's great for sitting in their tap room. They have a big giant beer hall there. That place was full on Saturday. It was a party, live music on the weekends, so much going on at Hailstorm. New brewer Will Turner. And I call him new, but he's been there now for over a year. He's killing it. Check out all of their events, everything coming up at hailstormbrewing.com. And get out there for lunch because it's a great menu. Uh, Hailstorm Brewing Company, the official brewery of Socks in the Basement. Uh, okay, let's take a look at, as we're having this, and this is why I wanted you to do this. I'm going to go into my plan. I thought about this this weekend. Okay. And I want you to critique my plan for what would happen. All right. Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn have been fired. In fact, I've been allowed to fire them. I just bumped into Jerry Reinsdorf, none of his handlers were around, and I bamboozled him into giving me control of the team. And all I had to really do was just explain him all the things that were wrong. And he was like, really? Because everybody around me says everything is going really great. And I'm like, who's telling you that? And he goes, well, these people I pay that if it was going badly, I would fire them. And I would go, well, they're lying to you so they can have a job for life. And he just looked at me with this puzzled look on his face, which is really weird because the man is worth billions and still not very good at running baseball organizations. But anyway, we have this conversation and I become the guy in charge over there. Kenny and Rick are out. And now I get to make my decisions as to how I would do things right now. And you know what? It's May. At this point, I still want to put the best 26 men on the field. That's my focus. Maybe next month, after I've gotten my fandom out of my system, and I accept that the White Sox aren't going to make the postseason, I do something else. But here's what I'm going to do. I am optioning Lenin Sosa to AAA as Tim Anderson is activated cutting down playing time for Luis Robert Jr. and Aloy Jimenez. What I'm doing in my outfield is that Benintendi's always playing, and I want to see Hazley out there for now. Jimenez is going to have to fight along with Luis Robert Jr. for the other outfield spot out there and the DH spot, along with Sheets, who is going to get in there every single time at this point that I have a right-handed pitcher. 
So they're going to have a hard time finding spots to play. And I don't really care because they haven't really earned it. Now, I am optioning Oscar Colas down to AAA. I, I, he needs to go down and work. He needs, to, he needs to learn that this isn't good enough, and I don't have time for it right now. They already are down to 39 on the 40-man roster, Ed. Okay. I'm DFAing Jake Diekman immediately, and I'm also DFAing Middleton. I, I, you look at his career, Middleton had one halfway decent year last year. He puts too many guys on base, and whatever he did in the first couple weeks he was up here, he's back to normal now. Okay, so I'm DFAing him. I've got three spots now. I've got 37 on my 40-man roster. I can now promote guys who aren't even on the 40-man roster. I'm sending Santos down. I'm optioning him the AAA out of the bullpen as well. I'm sending Michael Kopech to the bullpen. And I'm bringing up Davis Martin and putting him in my rotation. I'm letting Hanser Alberto come back. And when he comes back, I'm sending Romy down for the same reason I outlined earlier in the show. And then I'm adding to the 40-man roster and to the team, Victor Reyes in the outfield, who's doing very well right now in AAA, to give him an opportunity. Why not? And I'm bringing up a double-A relief pitcher by the name of Alejandro Mateo, who James Fox was on this show weeks ago pointing out as a dark horse to eventually pitch this season. And he's doing incredible. And I think a relief pitcher can jump from double-A and go into the majors. If he's hot, he's hot. Give him a shot. What else? And Tanner Banks is coming up to be one of my lefties. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move him back up from AAA. So here's, here's what I've got right now. I've got Cease Giolito, Lynn Clevenger, and Davis Martin as my rotation. I've got Graveman, Lopez, Banks, Kopech, Bummer, Kelly, Lambert, and Mateo in my bullpen. That does not mean that guys like Joe Kelly are safe. It does not mean that Aaron Bummer is safe because I've still got Liam Hendricks, and Garrett Crochet coming back. And those guys better start playing well right now because otherwise, they're probably gone too. Bummer's got an option, and I don't care. Joe Kelly's had plenty of time at this point. I mean, I had nothing but hope for this guy, but what has he done since he came in here? So that's how I'm looking at my pitching staff. And when I and when I look at my roster, I'm saying Yasmani Grandal got to be in there as many times as possible. Andrew Vaughn, Jake Berger, Tim Anderson, Benintendi went healthy. He's he's trying his hardest. And you know what? He fits what my manager is trying to do. And I want Hazley to get an opportunity out there. And I want to see what he can do at this point. Those are the guys I'm focusing on. Andrus is over at second base because I like the defense. So when I tell you what I'm doing with the roster, what do you think? Well, to defend the Elvis Andrews thing, because I know that that's where some people are going to point out, is, is that you haven't fixed second base right away. How do I do it, though? I don't have anybody to put there right now. And, and that's that's there's two prongs there. One is you don't have anybody to call up. There's just If you look in Charlotte and you look in Birmingham, there's just really nobody that can do it. Brian Ramos is probably the closest. He had a few games at second, but he's not a second baseman. And if you're going to help this pitching staff, you need the best infield defense you can get. So Elvis being there, still hitting in the ninth spot, you can live with you can live with his lack of offense if the defense is there. And and I believe that no matter what. I agree with everything else. Um, I like you. I like how you agree with me. I would not want to see Sheets in the outfield, of course. I don't think you said that, but you did lump him in with a rotation with yeah, Robert. And, and he would only be at DH. You would never see the outfield. I want to make that clear. Right. I was right, saying. Right, right. I was saying you got three outfield positions and a DH position, and two of the outfield positions I'm giving the Hazley and Benintendi right now. And then I'm saying that Robert Jimenez and Sheets have to find room. And to be honest with you, if Sheets is going to be in there against right-handed pitching, that means Robert or Jimenez is on the bench because they haven't earned anything. And that's right. Why. And and that's where they probably should be based on their performance right now. And, th- and then as far as the pitching staff is concerned, I don't have any quibbles with anything you said because there's there's really 
there's, there's really nothing else. Again, that there's not much else you can do. I think Mateo's an interesting find. You know, I think that's it's, it, but that's what that's what this team has got to do. If they're going to make a change, that's all that they can do right now is go down there, look in the minors, and say, okay, who's earned it? Tanner Banks should be up here. If Mateo's a guy that that should be up here, or or at least should be given a shot, give him a shot. Try and find lightning in a bottle. Moving Kopech into the bullpen, you and I have talked about it over and over again. He's got way more value there right now because he has not figured out how to get through a lineup more than once. So th- that, I mean, your plan is not in any way, shape, or form insane. And as you're going through it, I'm sitting here thinking, like, these are the logical moves that Pedro should be making with the lineup. These are logical moves that the front office should be making as players come back. None of this is anything crazy. Like you didn't do anything weird or, or no. insane. Like say Jake Berger's my second baseman when Yohan Mankata gets his back fixed no, I didn't or say something like that. What I said was what I basically did was I DFA'd a terrible left-handed pitcher in Diekman and a journeyman relief pitcher in Middleton. And I sent down a couple of guys who got to the majors and are over their skis right now. And I, and right. I held players accountable saying, if you're trying and you're in the lineup every day, I'm with you. I've got your back. And I took a pitcher that's that's struggling. He's not the only pitcher struggling, but it makes more sense because I know that Kopech in the bullpen is effective, and I want to see him get effective again. I mean, I can't fix Lance Lynn, and Mike Clevenger has been thrust upon me. And maybe down the line, I'm making other moves and bringing up other players from the minors and inserting them in. But this would be the immediate move that I would make because I think it makes your team more competitive. And it also gives accountability, something that Kenny Williams said there was plenty of. And that's a bold-faced lie because there's no accountability in that office. Not at all. Prove to me there is, Kenny. Start listing who's been fired or replaced because they were bad at what they do. And then start justifying all the people that have been kept around who are bad at what they do. Explain to me the accountability. There is none. What this does is it says, if you're giving me your all and you're showing up every day and you're a gamer, you're playing. Also, if you're the hot hand, you're playing. Right. That's what that's what this is. And that's the only way you could turn something like this around. You cannot just sit around and say, well, the averages will all get better. I remember listening to Chris Ranji during the all-in season. What was that, 11 or 12? When he would go on every day and tell you that Adam Dunn's not this bad and at some point it's just going to get better because that's the law of averages. It never got better. And he was wrong when he said it every single day. He infuriated White Sox fans that entire season because anybody with half a brain was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. But he just kept saying it. And, and, and so right. you can't sit around and just expect all of a sudden that a light switch went on because they had a big inning in the ninth on Sunday. That is not what is happening here. It does not carry over like that. They didn't just win on Sunday and they're going to go off and win 10 more games. I mean, we want them to, but it's not what's going to happen. Well, the law of averages says... Uh, the law- no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on socksinthebasement.com.